Food isn't only a part of life. It's woven into the fabric of our culture and identity. Connect with the individuals who work tirelessly in kitchens and restaurants across the globe to bring it all together for us on The Devoured Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to The Devoured Podcast. Today I'm joined by Chef Max Musto. Max, what a pleasure to have you here, brother. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, we've just been, uh, you know, chalking it up here for so yeah. uh, for so long and, and, and really not even about food, right? It's <laughs> just yeah. about life. Connecting. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But obviously food is is a, such an important part of, of our culture, our society, and, and it does allow us to come together, right? And, and how did you get into it? How, tell me about your journey into being a chef. Sure. Um, I come from a big Italian family. Uh, everything is surrounded about food, we're eating food and thinking about the next meal and everything's manja. And, uh, you know, I always was in a different um, types of art growing up, everything from music to painting and dance. And, um, you know, it was, I was, I don't know, maybe four or six years after high school and trying to fi- kind of figure it out. And I was already in the restaurant industry, you know, I got my first cooking job when I was 14 and kind of bounced from front and back of the house. And my dad's like, you know, you really need to do something with your life. And I probably was about 24, so I decided to go to culinary school. Oh, wow. And I went to Le Cordon Bleu here in Chicago. So you knew you wanted to be a chef. Yeah, I think I was just kind of like kicking around for a while. But yeah, it it was in me my entire life. And That's so awesome. Yeah. And now you're a plant-based chef. So I am, yeah. So I was classically board. trained, yeah, at Le Cordon Bleu where, you know, it's French technique. And, uh, not very vegan, right? Not very vegan at all. Everything is uh, a lot of animal fat, Montabur, finished with butter. And um, yeah, I, I uh, cook plant-based food now. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, this as, as soon as we start talking about this, it's going to lead into a much deeper conversation. Sure. But mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming you weren't vegan your whole life. No, I wasn't. Like most people, you know, who uh, choose to walk this path. For me, it's not just a diet. It's a philosophy. And um, I was luckily enough to have a, what, you know, people call a spiritual awakening. Yep. And um, I, you know, was struggling in my life, you know, working in the restaurant industry. And, you know, like I said, I was a dancer. I was a break dancer, actually. And I skateboarded. I played hockey. I did it all. And I had five knee surgeries and a back surgery. And unfortunately, I got addicted to pain pills. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. that, so that was that, that, that moment, I guess, the, yeah. uh, the dark night of the soul, if you will. Yeah. I had my dark night of the soul for seven years. <laughs> wow. Same, <laughs> well, man. Yeah. Same. It, was a, it was a really long time. And, uh, you know, I, I tried... Um, you know, quitting. I tried the conventional rehab, NA, you know, maintenance meds, Suboxone, and nothing was really working. And, you know, um, I had a, um, I was married, I'm married, my wife, and she's a physician. And, um, you know, I told her about this plant medicine that cures opiate addiction. And she's like, really? Let me look into it. And she looked into it. And, she noticed that there was FDA studies in the 90s on it by Dr. Deborah Mash out of the University of Miami. Um, it was so successful. After um, six months, it was an 83% success rate, and uh, comp- compared to like conventional, it was 3%. So they cut funding. Of course. I mean, yeah. there's so mm-hmm. much. I mean, yeah. I, I think we know. <laughs> we, we know. <laughs> we know why. Yeah. <laughs> we know why. So uh, I went out of the country and kind of went to a clinic. Um, the, the, the doctors actually were in the study and they opened up a clinic about 20 years ago and they've been doing it since then. And I went to this clinic, kind of like a villa on the beach in a hospital type setting. And, um, 
they kind of withdrawed me like um, over a few days with like low doses of morphine. And on the fourth day, they completely stopped and they gave me the plant medicine, which is called Ibogaine. Um, it's I synthesized from iboga, which comes from Africa and is used by the Bwiti tribe for millennia as like a rite of passage and um, for sick and healing. And um, I went on a journey of my mind. That's, and that, was that the first time you had done that? It was the first time I did this one. So this one is, um, it's uh, typically used for, you know, in Africa, but it's been used for heroin addiction. In the 1960s, um, this gentleman um, stumbled across it. He took it and it cured his heroin addiction. So they did the studies and um, it can be unsafe because it can mess up your heart, I guess. So oh, I want to like put that out there. Yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah. something that anybody can just do at home. It prolongs the QT in your heart. So the reason why you do it in a hospital setting is because you need to be monitored. So you need to be on like an EKG. You need to have a liver and kidney panel. You need to have an IV. They flush magnesium in you, and then you're constantly monitored. They're constantly checking your heart rate in this, which kind of is a little bit disturbing when you're on a journey of your mind because yeah. they're like coming up to you and like checking on you and you know then you're like oh my okay is you know okay, and you kind of get broken out of the trance um but you know when i had taken this medicine um i was in extreme withdrawal and i wanted to take anything to make it go away Absolutely. i'm sure if anybody's seen anybody gone through heroin or opiate withdrawal it's pretty intense so as soon as i took it it completely relieved me of my pain wow. and I was fighting it for a little bit as you know psychedelics you should not fight them and because it's, it's you know with this one it's like watching a movie with your eyes closed like literally yep. it's yep. like kind of um like 90s type computers for me personally and you know maybe old school cartoons and it was just showing me my whole life but when I had let go it felt like I was dragged on an elevator through hell and I could feel my vibration raise and just start curing me. And, um, like and you could feel the healing. I can feel it. And not only that, I could hear it the whole time in the back wow. of my ears. It was like a light buzzing. Like you could feel that you were tapped into a different frequency and I could feel the medicine inside of me going over all my receptors in my brain and scrubbing them clean because when you do opiates, your body creates new pain receptors so you can feel new pain. So it was scrubbing them all away and I could literally feel that. Once I had let go after I was dragged through the depths of hell, um, the first thing it showed me was self-love and wow. why I was doing what I was doing and um, that I can choose to stop at any time because I loved me. Man, first of all, thank you for, for sharing that. I know, uh, you know, it's not so widely accepted and it's not part of normal culture yet, you yeah. know, and I do think it, it has its place as we see so much suffering in the world, so much depression. I've lost so many friends lately, uh, family to, uh, you know, suicide and it's, it's toxic, right? And we live in this, in this world, I, I, you know, devour podcasts, we're talking about food, but how it really changed everything for you right and, yeah. and, and and to the point where now you went completely vegan right yeah so in this journey you know it worked on some of my personal traumas why i was doing what i was doing things i needed to let go that i was like holding on that were toxic that were you know inevitably slowly killing me over time right and once i worked on that it showed me the universe and how we were created and the ego and how we are all one and how i'm the animals and the animals are me and when i eat them i'm not only eating the physical matter 
but I'm eating the energy because it's an energy transfer. And if you're eating something that's factory farm, you're eating all those vibrations. And that's what you become. And before this, not only was I addicted to opiates, but I was also on antidepressants, anti-anxiety, all of these. I had asthma my entire life. I haven't used my inhaler in years. I mean, I had an inhaled steroid. I was constantly um, getting breathing treatments or getting on prednisone. I mean, a lot of things happened at once after this experience, so I can't quite say it's because of Ibogaine, but it could be because I eliminated dairy, which is inflammatory. Yeah. Um, But when it showed me the interconnectedness of all life and what I was doing to the animals and our planet, and the destruction of everything and agriculture and how we're destroying our whole land, you know, every second, one to two acres in the Amazon is cut down for animal agriculture. 90% of the soy, is, vegans don't even eat that. The animals eat it. Yep. You know, so it showed me all e- of that. Even seafood. Like, what is it? A, a third of all seafood or more, is, it goes to animals and like uh, the same. 2.7 that- trillion sea animals are killed a year, 77 billion land in animals well i mean mm-hmm. obviously if, if you if you go on a trip like this you know and and there's so much benefit to you personally that it shows you something um that that you know to be true and then all of a sudden you start watching documentaries like eating ourselves to extinction right where yeah. it's making it very clear and, and and to the point now where with like the leonardo DiCaprio movie don't look up yeah i feel like that's the state of mind that we're in right mm-hmm. as, as a society that even when I went vegan, because I'm, I'm not vegan right now, but had for almost two years, one of the things I noticed, uh, and this was probably five years ago, people would get upset at me. I'd go to a restaurant and say, hey, you know, do you have anything vegan or whatever? And it's like anger that I'm vegan. Like, it has nothing to do with them. Right? That mirror. Right, exactly. Now, mm-hmm. what have you noticed as you've made this shift, and, and especially in such a uh, meat-focused uh, or you know, industry as we are in Chicago here. What did you notice when you made that change to to go vegan yeah. as a chef? So I came out of this experience and I immediately called my wife and I said, "I'm never doing heroin again. We're all one and we're vegan." Those were the three big things that I got out of that. Wow. And you know, somebody who's literally knocking on death's door. I mean, I had OD'd a bunch of times. I've been jumped. I've been stopped. Jeez. You know, like I've hit Next. my head and have had uh, infections and whatever. You know, like I, w- I wanted to die. If this didn't yeah. work, I, I that would have maybe been my path after that. But right. I was lucky enough by the grace of God to have this lovely experience that was life-changing. Um, so coming out, everyone is like, what do you mean you're vegan? I mean, I have a full sleeve of food on my arm and chicken wings and sushi and stuff. And people were like, couldn't even believe it. And I was like, no, this is the path, you know, I need to change and we all need to change. And the medicine told me that, um, there's a problem and I could help be part of the solution. So that's my goal is to reframe the way that we view vegan food and this philosophy of veganism, and it's a hisma, which is do no harm. Right, like, right. I don't want to harm you. I don't want to harm anybody, and everything is karma. So, what I mean, you're like a, in a sense, it's it's so awesome that you have those tattoos, though, because it is a way. F- and I don't want to say credibility. I mean, people don't believe they don't believe. They don't want to believe you, right? Yeah. But but in a way to show the life that you came from yeah. and to show the, the 180 degrees that, that, you know, that you've gone or, you know, the, the, the change that, that was made exactly. and how profound it is. Now, what, in terms of this now new philosophy, can you share as far as 
you know, people out there listening and think, you know, I agree with you, but it's so hard. And, yeah. you know, being vegan is, is it, it, I don't know. I see it as not being, people not being creative, right? Or not yeah. trying to be. What, yeah. what would you say to those who just have a hard time because they don't feel like they have options that aren't yeah. vegan? Well, I think part of it could be like, you know, your own mind block on it and you, you know, building this wall in front of you. I think we're really lucky to be living in 2022 where we do have a lot of options out there. You know, there's tons of tutorials, though, on YouTube. There's a lot of influencer Instagram pages. Um, and that's kind of like what I'm doing with, you know, herbivore is I'm trying to get my target audience isn't vegans, it's omnivores. I want to show them that, you know, they can still get these craveable dishes that, you know, they grew up with and not miss out any of the flavor. The only thing that we're missing is the cruelty. You're, I mean, 100%, right? What about from a movement standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. Where, um, as other chefs are, are, are looking at what you're doing and, and maybe the demand becomes even more uh, apparent to them. How, how does how can you make that transition or when you yeah. feel like this is your identity as a chef as a restaurant yeah. as a group that all of a sudden now you know take it, it one day at a time I like you it. know yeah take it one meal at a time you know and this is my thing I'm like not trying to um, be a stereotypical militant vegan which um, no one likes to be told what to do you know everybody likes to get there on their own. Um, I think finding community is really important, but for some of these chefs, it's like, let's start incorporating plant-based options on the menu, or let's do meatless Mondays at the restaurant. Mm. Let's try and do Veganuary and go <laughs> vegan for the whole month and I see like what that. kind of impact that makes on your restaurant. And let me tell you one thing though, as much as the omnivores are my target audience, vegans are the biggest supporters and they come and they love you and they follow you. So to all of those restaurants out there that are like more omnivore restaurants, put that on your menu, get some promotion out there and they will come. If you build it, they will come. I'm a firm believer in that because people are just becoming more aware right now is that we need to do better for ourselves, the environment and for the animals. Like something needs to change. This planet isn't going to be here. No. I mean, the planet will be here, but we won't. Right, 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 right. You know? And, and you know, I don't have children, but anybody that does have children or grandchildren, like, we want to make sure that we leave this place as best as we can to them. But I, I, I think even to your point, though, of just how you, you know, you're not, you're not out there being violent or, or, or I mean, you, you believe in what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And you believe it from the standpoint of if, if, uh, if we're doing this to animals, well, how can I treat a human being any less, right? Or worse than I would an animal. It's, and, and, and I can tell the love that you have not only for, uh, all life, but, but especially for people. And I think it comes yeah. from that, right? That yeah. it, it's also a health, uh, factor that so many Absolutely. people, what, everything in this world is based on really preventable disease. And, yeah. and, and you look at how a vegan lifestyle can really impact that in a positive way. What from a health benefit could you, you know, just touch light or touch a little bit on that might compel someone to, to maybe not change their whole life, but like you said, take the next meal uh, yeah. as an opportunity to try something vegan. That's a really good point that you brought up. Um, I think that there's, um, there's a lack of uh, honesty by maybe like the, the health you know, by all the doctors out there that, you know, we call these things, you know, it's food addiction. That's what's going on here. It it's really not is, diabetes. Yeah. It's not high blood pressure. It's your diet. And we fix these with band-aids that are called pills. 
and we don't address these things for what they are. I mean, you give somebody a whole foods, plant-based diet that's balanced, you know, like um, we're not eating impossible burgers every day, you know, that's a treat, you know, but if we give people a whole foods, plant-based diet, they're going to thrive. If you look at um, cholesterol from animals, it clogs your arteries, it clogs your heart, people have heart attacks, right? And people like to think that we're supposed to be eating animals. We did before, but our consciousness has evolved past that where we don't need that. It's not a necessity anymore. Well, you look at a tiger, you don't see a tiger having a heart attack. Okay, you look at an ox, you look at a horse, you look at a cow, you look at some of these really big land animals, and they're eating plants. Gorillas. All plants, <laughs> all the protein comes from plants to begin with. Yeah. I think that we've all been lied to. We've all been culturally conditioned. And it's very unfortunate because people are dying. People are sick and people are sad. And food is supposed to be this great connector, this great love language, and this great way to nourish your soul and body. And unfortunately, we've strayed from that in a whole. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and, and you're right. I think people, whatever it is, they're going to use their addictions to justify their actions, right? And so if, if you are addicted to food and, and this idea of letting go of it and someone's threatening it, it, it tends to get ugly. Yeah, it does, especially with, with veganism. It really bothers people for some reason. And that's why, you know, I love this term plant-based because not everybody's going to align with the philosophy of like no leather or, you know, certain skincare products and stuff that have animal products in them. But I think once you start walking this path, you'll realize they all align. Some people start for health. Some people start for the animals. Some people start for the environment. But once you start walking this path, everything starts to resonate and you realize that it's all connected and back to like, we're all one you know i mean i I really do i i love i love just the energy that you bring thank you You i love your energy as well (laughs) i appreciate you brother Mm -hmm. now it's it's, so talk to me a little bit more about the business itself now is it is it a pop-up based business yeah so um after my big experience i was like i don't know what to do now Um, and how that works? Yeah, because I, you know, for me, you know, and I've been asked to do stuff i just i don't want to touch that stuff anymore i don't want to touch you know decaying bodies. I don't don't want to be a part of that. Um, so for me, I was like trying to figure out, you know, I was going to like a a vegan market and I was like, you know, let me try to see what I can do. And so I did one and then the pandemic hit and it really pushed me to create more, you know, um, a lot of people during the pandemic, you could see like a lot of people were cooking more. And so I just started to create and try to relearn. Um, you know, I have this foundation, but had to look at it through a different lens. And, you know, I started practicing making my homemade cheese or seitan and all that stuff. So then I, I got lucky because I worked out of a ghost kitchen in Logan Square where they allowed me to do curbside pickup oh, because cool. everyone was doing like takeout. So I'd like kind of do it like a sneaker drop where you get a lot of hype behind the item. And then you're like, we're going to release it at this time. And then we would do a sellout menu. We just do like one big event and a week. And then that just kind of was going really well. And um, then they were kind of like lightening things up last summer and we were getting out, maybe doing like some outside markets and then we completely opened up again so we started doing pop-ups we were going to bars and we were traveling and i started buying all of this like commercial equipment we've done vegan dale and um you know tons of different restaurants and bars in chicago and you know now we have like uh commercial flat tops and liquid propane fryers and you know full pos systems and ticket rails and all this stuff so basically what we're doing is we're coming to a space we're creating a mock kitchen and we're doing a whole service and we bring a lot of hype you know like 
these events are a following. It's a whole vibe when you come out. I yeah. mean, from the playlist of the music that I put out there, because, you know, I'm a, I'm positive. I want people to have a good time. I want people to resonate with what I'm doing. I want people to be sharing stories over food and loving each other. Like that's what we need to focus on and is like elevating the collective, you know? And I'm sure and that's what you're attracting too, the type yeah, of people, right? I think it's I think so, so important because as you become more focused on that, I, I, I truly do believe that those people do come, right? If you build it, yeah. they will come, but yeah. like you're, you're a testament to that. Yeah. Now, how has that been received? It almost seems like that's the answer to, uh, you know, some of these restaurants to be able yeah. to collaborate with you. Yeah. If they don't have that, have you come in and basically, you know, try it. I would love that, you know, to any chefs that are out here that may or maybe are listening. And um, I'd love to come do some research and develop with you and, you know, just have fun and bring some awareness around this movement. And not only that, but if we get yeah. to the point where we're at right now, where it's not sustainable, I mean, this is yeah, not sustainable. It's not. And, and you have vertical farming. I mean, you can have it in, you know, in any space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're working with someone or, you know, have uh, featured someone uh, recently who's uh, freight, uh, freight to farm. Yeah. And uh, she has a, a freight box with, cool. you know, like, what is it, three, almost three acres of, of produce, right? That's Incredible. growing vertically. So th there is a sustainable model that's available to us, but animal product is not sustainable, right? No. I mean, at any level, commercial fishing, whatever it is, yeah. like you name it, it's, it's, it's almost gone. So it's, it, you're going to be forced into it. Why not yeah. learn it now and learn it from someone who's already doing it? Get ahead. Get ahead of it, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, I feel like we're at the cusp of the wave, you know, like come join us and like, let's do this together. And, you know, like I said earlier, we take it one day at a time, one meal at a time. You know, I think sometimes, for, you know, not everyone is fortunate to have this like enlightening experience and it becomes overwhelming when we try to think past today or like that we're never going to have this. So if we're just thinking about this moment and right now, then it becomes a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, no. And my hope for the for the community and for, you know, veganism is that it's not a replacement of meat. I, I just, I don't, yeah. I don't like that. I'm not, I'm not even, yeah. you know, whatever, but as it is what it is, in my opinion, this is my opinion, but yeah. that, that there is so much, uh, so many foods that we just have not even attempted to, to, to try or even discover, yeah. but that if you look at food, the most beautiful food in the world are, are plants. I mean, they it's are colors, like, it's colors, it's, it's, it's colors, flavors. I it's, yeah. I mean, think about a piece of meat without anything well it's that's a really good point that you brought up is that like you know if you think about it from when we started you know as caveman and we started you know seasoning meat to make it taste like right. something else or like preserving it and my wife she's a pediatrician and her number one thing is when when the kids start eating at six or eight months like solid food none of them want to eat meat it become it's an acquired taste so if something is an acquired taste we probably shouldn't mm, be having yep. it you know the iron the blood and like i said Yes, we probably we we know that we ate these things to survive in the past, but it's not necessity I don't think it was everybody. anymore. I think no. depending on where you're from, depending on like if from. it's cold, mm -hmm. if it's what you know, like. Mm -hmm. But now it's that everybody wants the same thing, and that's yeah. why you're taking it from different areas and you're you know tearing down forests. Well, that's a good point that you brought up again. Is that you know, eighty-two percent of um, the animals that we eat are taken from the feed is taken from um, countries that there's starving children in yeah. yeah and we're consuming that we're taking this from other places so we can have it here in america we're like capital city from the yep. hunger games yep. you know and it's it's an unfortunate like it's a problem and 100%. we can be the solution and it's with our choices Absolutely. and there's so many choices today get out and explore dm me hit me up ask me there you go i'm here to help that's my mission 
I, I mean, I, I know we could talk forever, and we already yeah. have. You know, we started to, but, um, you know, on that note, I do want to thank you for coming in, and I would yeah. love to to pick up this conversation again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even like on the, uh, on a different podcast, just because yeah. there's, there's so much, there's so many nuances to life that it's not it's not linear, right? There's, mm-hmm. It's colorful. It's just, just like yeah. the food that, that you're preparing. So, you know, on that, again, just thank you for, for everything you do and for being vulnerable to share your story and for um, you know, opening eyes that, that need to be opened. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for giving me the platform to share. I really appreciate you and your time.